This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Hello and welcome to Redefining Success, the show where we speak to passionate people from various fields about their careers and lives, what makes them tick and how they define success. I'm Darshan Johan. Joining me on today's show is Samson Thomas, who also goes by Saint TFC. He's an MC and a musician. And in 2018, he sang for an Indian Malayalam language film, which is huge. Welcome to the show, Saint. How are you? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm doing good as well. I'm very excited to talk to you about your journey. So perhaps you can kick, kick off this conversation by telling me a bit about yourself and what you do for a living. Okay, so this one I had to write it down because <laughs> I've been keeping myself very busy. Mm. So I'm a professional MC. I've been hosting for about 18 years now. Been doing a lot of stage shows, uh, corporate, private, mostly weddings because I enjoy doing weddings because those are the hardest to host. Besides that, I'm an event planner. I'm a recording artist. I've done about 50 over projects as when it comes to music. Right. Uh, I've been dabbling into a little bit of acting recently, right? which is on TV as well, but predominantly in the Tamil, uh, Malaysian Indian uh, Tamil industry. Right. I've been hosting on TV and recently I started doing stand-up comedy as well. So you wear many hats. How would you sort of describe what you do? Would you say um, you're a MC musician? Um, would you say you're an entertainer? How, how do you sort of describe that? In a nutshell, when someone asks me, I tell them I'm an entertainer. I do anything and everything that I can get my hands on. The, the, I think the issue with me is that whenever someone asks me, can you do this? And I'll be like, hmm, yeah. <laughs> without even thinking twice and then later on I'll decide how to do it so I've tried a lot I even tried modeling but that's the one thing that I can never ever do <laughs> so you've been like you said um, you know you've been um, in the industry um, in, in one way or another for, for close to two decades now how yeah. do you define success when you hear the word success what does it mean to you for me success is being able to do what you love and still live a very comfortable life right that's what it is right now. And also being recognized for the work that you're putting in. Right. Has your idea of success changed over time? Yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> it, it used to be about earning and being extremely famous and, you know, living the whole um, luxury lifestyle. But right now, I just want to do what makes me feel comfortable and what puts my mind at peace. How did you arrive at that mindset? I guess experience and um, my life in, in uh, before MCO, my, my life can be broken into two right now. One is before the lockdown and one is after the lockdown. Okay. Before the lockdown, it was totally different. It was a totally different lifestyle for me. And during the lockdown, I learned a lot about myself and what I wanted to do and what my aim is. And that kind of changed my perspective towards what I wanted to achieve. And this seems to be a more working method compared to what I used to be doing. Right. I guess I was just sitting at home. <laughs> <laughs> Do you mind diving into that a little bit? Um, you know, so you were, you know, pre, what was your life um, pre-lockdown? Um, what were the lessons you learned during lockdown and how did it change your perspective? I'll be very honest when it comes to this because it's something that I want a lot of people to learn from. Uh, before lockdown, I... I used to do the exact same things. 
but uh, my trajectory was not as fast as how it was after the knockdown. I was more concentrated on things that were not important. I mean, I was not upgrading myself. I was constantly out. I was, I was, I was out with friends. I was doing my work. Yes. But my focus was not more towards work. It was more towards what happens after work. Right. And in a, even in sense of uh, 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 finance, I, I was not saving a single cent. Everything was spent on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whatever I earned, I spent it and I finished it on that day itself. Right. So during the lockdown, sitting at home, not being able to go out and do what I love, it, it kind of opened my eyes to what I actually enjoy doing. It made me realize that it's it's the work that I like. It's not what happens after that. Right. So that 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 kind of allowed me to put the pin exactly exactly towards what I wanted to do. Take me back. Why did you decide to embark on this career path? Perhaps you can tell me about two points in your life. Um, specifically, let's start with music. Right, the point mm-hmm. where you started to feel a strong sense of passion for music, and the point in your life where you realized you could make a career out of it. <laughs> Um, everyone in my family enjoys singing. Uh, they don't necessarily sing very well, but they enjoy singing. And it has been something that like, every morning when I wake up, my mom is always listening to Lata Mangeshkar, Mohamed Rafi, and my dad is on the other end. Mom, mom's Punjabi, dad's Tamil. So dad's always listening to MSV and Ile Raja songs. So I grew up listening to a lot of music. Every When I wake up in the morning, it's music. So that kind of... Uh, I kind of gravi- I had a gravitational pull towards music at a very young age, but uh, I never went for any uh, formal classes or anything like that. But music has been a very big part of my life. And slowly as I was growing up, uh, radio became a huge part of my life. Mm. Listening to radio and I enjoyed what the radio jockeys were doing and I wanted to do that. So in order to break into the industry... I thought, okay, maybe, you know, I should I should start with music and then build my way towards that slowly. And and rap was something that, I mean, thank God it came naturally to me. Right. The, the, the tempo and the flow. So that that kind of, it, it just kind of happened. Because when, when you ask me this question, I can't quite put my finger on it. But, but, but it kind of happened. One, one thing led to another and it happened. And the biggest inspiration obviously would be Yogi B. Mm. Seeing him, seeing, seeing, seeing someone who looks like me, rapping, looking so good and representing the culture kind, kind of made me feel like, oh, I can do that too. Talk to me a little bit more about that because I do hear this a lot um, from many Malaysian, Indian um, rappers, um, hip-hop artists and, and so on and so forth that Yogi B um, the artist was such a, a sort of um, a monumental um, break in the industry such an inspiration could you share a little bit more about that so when it comes to Tamil rap mm. th- there were a lot of uh, Tamil rappers before Yogi B as well mm. but Yogi Anna was the only one who did it commercially he was the first that we saw on TV uh, through Poetic Ammo. Mm-hmm. So, him with his Sandana Potte and, and all that, it, it kind of gave us a representation. We saw we saw us in them, in him. Right. So, I guess it, it was him. When you, when you see, because uh, 
liking hip hop and and wanting to do rap, you've you've always looked at at, at the Americans, you know. You. you look at people like uh, Tupac and Biggie and Nas and then Eminem and then everyone else after that, but you never felt connected. And then you see someone who who's doing it in Tamil, a language that you speak back at home, mm-hmm. and he calls himself Yogi B, and then he comes up on TV and then whenever you switch on to the TV you get to see someone like him because there's one video clip Yogi and actually drives lorry right uh in the video clip it it kind of made you feel belonged he kind of like reached out and he touched you right in a way that it inspires you to do more and then from poetic amo to vallavan album when he did vallavan album it was an opening for a lot of us and we thought hey so there is a way to do this right absolutely now something else you mentioned that was very interesting is that how when you looked at um sort of your passion or or the sort of um career trajectory that you wanted to embark on it was more of i want to you know uh, be uh, on radio i want to um, mm-hmm. you know entertain people this in, in in that way and then music sort of came along is is that a, a sort of um uh a, a fair assessment in the sense that um you know music was was a part of it rather than than your main main point of focus <laughs> to me it's it's all the same right uh i just wanted to do i, I wanted to be an entertainer mm. i wanted to be a radio jockey i wanted to be an announcer i wanted to be a tv host and music was a way for me to start that Right. It was like a platform, you know. It kind of trampolined, mm. uh, to just to put it into words. So it started off with music. Music was my way of getting started. Right. So once I started doing music, that's when I started getting recognized, and that's when I started getting everything else. Right. You mentioned that you didn't take up um formal music. Um, you didn't go for formal music classes when you were. Yeah. Did you eventually? um bring uh, you know or go for like piano classes and, and so on and so forth because you're someone who is a very good musician you have made a lot you have done a lot of music you have written a lot of songs you have performed um at an international stage as well which I'll talk to you about a bit later but uh, how did how do you sharpen your craft did you eventually go for classes uh no <laughs> i'm actually learning of youtube right now right <laughs> um self taught uh, i have my own uh, midi players my keyboards and all of that and even right now just this morning when i came into the studio the first thing i did was 10 minutes on the keyboard just to practice my chords to understand what's happening to to train my ears it's something that i do on a daily basis right self i i just want to evolve on my own i am looking into uh, taking classes but i'm trying to find the time right i'm so i'm just very curious and very fascinated i because you are someone who self taught um right now when it comes to your musical knowledge because i think you're natural you know you have you are sort of a naturally very talented in in when it comes to music but like are you self taught to the point right now where you could you can read notes and and things like that or, or how do you sort of um um come up with tracks and and know how to put you know a plus b will give you this this type of sound and and, and so on and so forth <laughs> Uh, I can't read notes as yet, but I can identify them. I know if it's right or if it's wrong. At the end of the day, if you know your basic theory, and 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 it will work. It just has to sound good to you, right? And 
that kind of works for me because, I mean, growing up listening to music, you tend to know what what doesn't sound right. At the end of the day, you need to ask yourself and you need to ask your yes, does this sound good? If it doesn't sound good, it's wrong. <laughs> and there's a lot of people around me to teach me. I've got, uh, I mean, my wife is a good singer. She's an amazing singer. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she teaches me when it comes to pitching and keys and all that. I've got friends who I work with in the studio itself. Varman um, Ilangon, who's an amazing composer, who helps me out with a lot of my chord works. And above everything else, it's about training your ears. And I guess throughout the years, I've trained my ears to understand what works and what doesn't work. Right. Now, about your craft as well, right? Um, As a rapper, you need to have good vocabulary because mm-hmm. it's a lot of rhyming, it's a lot of wordplay. How did you build that part of it up? Your your vocab, your music, like, you know, the vocabulary you would use in your songs, um, the ability to make things rhyme. Because, for example, like Eminem is very famous for saying like, when he was growing up and, and things like that, he used to read the dictionary for fun, right? just yeah. to build his vocabulary. I'm wondering, uh, did you do you have certain practices like that or does it come naturally? Uh, how do you approach it? So for me, uh, I did the whole dictionary thing as well. Mm. Every day, I'll just, uh, before I head out to school, I'll open the dictionary, whatever page it lands on, I'll pick three words and I'll try to use that word into uh, into daily conversation. Right. just to embed that into my mind, uh, to commit it to my memory. Besides that, uh, a lot of, I don't do a lot of reading. I don't enjoy reading mm. up until today. I've, I've tried reading and it only puts me to sleep. <laughs> I watch a lot of movies and I've learned a lot through movies, uh, dialogue, deliveries, how to accentuate certain words and how to use them in a particular sentence. So I guess it was that. It was movies, movies, songs, and the dictionary. All right, let's go for a very quick break. On the show with me today is musician and MC Saint TFC. If we continue this discussion after the break, keep it here on Redefining Success, BFM 89.9. Welcome back to Redefining Success. I'm Dashan Johan. And on the show with me today is Samson Thomas, also known as Saint TFC. He's a musician and an MC. Now, um, how were you doing your schooling days? Um, I'm just you know, just curious about your childhood. Um, what kind of student were you? Did you get good grades? What were your interests and ambitions back then? So back in school, I was I was not exactly an outstanding student, but I've always I've always been top twenty at least. Right. But uh, for me, for me, it has always been about upgrading myself. As long as I understand something, as long as I think it's good enough, it's it's okay for me. So there are certain subjects that I never concentrated on, and and I'll, I'll let you all know which subject is that a little bit later. But. Um, I've, I've concentrated more on the language. Uh, Basa Malaysia and English was my favorite subject. English being my most favorite. Right. Uh, but I was more concentrated on sports as well. Uh, karate is a huge part of my life. I've been in karate for 26 years. I'm a second round black belt. Wow. Uh, a little bit of athletics. Uh, in high school, I did. I was I represented the school for hockey. I was the goalie. I did rugby for Zone Central. Uh, karate, Kuala Lumpur. I was, I was in Sukma. So it was more to sports and just getting involved and doing as much as I can as long as I'm in school. 
education was one part of it, but uh, I I did anything and everything that I could get my hands on. I was the I was the assistant head prefect as well in school. Right. What would you say that you are doing? You know your your career right now, um, MC music, entertaining people. Um, was that always your dream, or you know was there a period in your your life where you thought, okay, I'm going to be a doctor one day, I'm going to be an accountant one day, you know things like that, or are you literally living your childhood dream right now? My first two ambitions, first thing I wanted to be was uh, I wanted to be an uh, archaeologist. Ah, interesting. Indiana Jones. Right. <laughs> and then I wanted to be an astronaut. Ah. I'm the only one in my family that doesn't wear glasses. Everyone else wears the glasses. I'm the only one who took really good care of my eyes because I wanted to be an astronaut. And then I found out in order to be an astronaut, a proper one, you need to be really good with maths. Yes. So I decided to be an entertainer. <laughs> um, give me a little bit of, um, you know, a, a sort of a, a day in, in your life, right? Because you do many different things and it's not mm-hmm. so much a, a fixed um, full-time in the sense that, you know, you're going to an office at this hour, coming out at this hour type of thing. Um, you do so many different things. You wear different hats. What does your day-to-day look like? So right now, how it looks like, I wake up uh, around six in the morning. Mm-hmm. I take my shower. I have my breakfast. I send my wife to work. It's one of the, one of my most favorite things to do is sending my wife to work and picking her up from work. I told her I'll do this no matter what happens. And we enjoy our morning conversations. So as soon as I send her to work, I head down to the gym, I work out, go back home, shower, I come to my studio. And that's when I decide what I want to be. If I want to do music or if I want to work on some content or if I want to work on my quotations for my clients or if that is, that is a project that I need to work on. So it depends on my mood. When I wake up that morning, what I feel like. If I feel like, okay, I feel extra creative today. So, you know. Right. As soon as I get to the studio, up until about four o'clock in the evening, it's just my alone moment. I, I enjoy working alone, but uh, what I'm going to do, I won't know. I'll only know once I once I step into the studio. And after that, I pick up my wife and then we head back home, have our dinner, watch a few movies and then go back to sleep. That's it. Unless I have shoot or anything else that's happening on that day. So... Um, you know, fixed full-time job and get a fixed monthly income. Um, I'm mm-hmm. guessing your income is a bit of a, you know, a roja in the sense that, you know, it depends on the projects that you're working on and, and so yeah. on and so forth. Could you shed some light a little bit about that? And how do you balance all of that? Um, you know, you balance projects, your cash flow, um, you know, how do you ensure that you have enough from um, from a month to month perspective. Um, how how do you manage all of that? Okay, so the the answer lies in the question. Actually, it's right. not me that handles all of that. It's my wife. I've given the entire thing to my wife. Okay, because I am not good with maths. Like I mentioned earlier, I it's it's not that I'm not good at it. I hate it. I just don't <laughs> like numbers. So what I do is I'll just go out there and look for the money, and whatever money comes in, only my wife knows. You, I mean, I know that it comes in, but I, I, I don't even like knowing that it's there. Only my wife knows and I, I let her handle everything. So she will update me and she's very good when it comes to money. Her, she works in the finance industry as well. So she handles everything for me, my cash flow, from, from paying my bills, everything. She's my, she's my CFO. That's what I call her. I call her my sexy 
<laughs> so she handles everything for me whatever money comes in so if i need to make extra that month she'll let me know uh, earlier and events is my 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 um, my my fixed income so by doing events i i get to balance everything else and this hosting and acting a uh, tv hosting is just an additional that that comes in right so i'm wondering you know when it comes to you know there's often this this sort of um asian stereotype you know growing up they're like you know please get a stable job you know uh, you know entertainment and all mm-hmm. it may not really work out um you know you should try and get like you know the, i mean the general one is doctor lawyer engineer yeah it's like that did you have um sort of those pressures or, or concerns from your parents as well I, i'm wondering uh, how did your family react when you know they eventually or, or you told them or they just came to the realization that yeah you're going to do you know you're going to be in the entertainment industry you're going to be doing music you're going to be emceeing so on and so forth so in my family my dad really wanted me to be a lawyer because uh, apparently i have what it takes and even even back in college one of my lecturers called me out and spoke to me and said uh, samson i think you're in the wrong course you're not supposed to be doing broadcasting you're supposed to be a lawyer but uh, i wanted to do this since i was 12 i wanted to be an entertainer i know i wanted to be an entertainer i know that's what i need to do but i didn't know how to go about it so i just kind of wing it like we were talking about earlier mm-hmm. the the way that i kind of got around it was uh, I need to be very thankful to my brother Nelson. So I have an elder brother who has constantly stood in front of me and fought with my parents saying that let him do what he wants to do he has a name he's good at it and he will do it and somehow he will achieve it and right now he's the one who's going around telling everyone I told you. It's <laughs> uh, <laughs> excellent. Now I I'm wondering you know um you know in 2018 you did something huge um which is you sang for the Indian um Malayalam language film Ranam um, this movie had uh, Prithvi Raj in it if he's a huge star in, in in India especially in the Malayalam film industry yeah. i think for many people who may not follow um Tamil pop culture Indian pop culture in general the cinema and music are not two separate things it is mm-hmm. one and cinema is often like the pinnacle um it is like one of the most important things when it comes to culture and and, and arts and all of that right for, for a lot of people and um many people um from all over the world if you are a tamil um singer let's say if you grew up in malaysia or singapore or australia one of the biggest things would be if you can sing for an indian film um when i say indian film from from india um mm-hmm. it's huge um you know so you know even i'm as a malaysian and you did it you know like the yogi bees before you and and things like that and it puts a huge smile on my face um how, talk to me about that entire journey and and what it meant to you so what happened was the composer of the movie jakes bijoy he right. reached out to one of um one of our local artists here in malaysia gauri mm-hmm. and he asked her if she knows any malaysian rapper who can rap in both english and also tamil So the first name that popped in her head was mine thank god <laughs> and he reached out to me and he sent me the track and Ranam is a very special track to me because uh Ranam is not just a commercial track Ranam speaks about the struggles of immigrants right and gangsterism and all of that so i kind of like writing lyrics like that something which is which is heartfelt and deep 
because I, I grew up in a surrounding field with gangsterism and, and drug addicts and violence and all that. So being able, so I told him, I'll just, I'll, I'll send you a demo and you let me know what you think about it. So it's a Malayalam movie, but I rapped in English and also Tamil. Right. I didn't rap in Malayalam at all. And he loved it. Initially, he wanted me to do just 16 bars and then he added another eight later on and then another eight later on because like, this is perfect. This is going to work. And it means a lot to me because I finally got to do what I like doing and not just doing, you know, these commercial mambo jumbo songs. Right. I get to I get to state my piece. And uh, the fact that the song won best song of the year in one of the award ceremonies in, mm-hmm. in Kerala was like the cherry on top of the cake. Yogi B was such an important person, such an inspiration to you. And, you know, on top of the Valavan album and all of that, one thing about Yogi B is, you know, he eventually did make it huge in the Indian cinema scene, especially the Tamil cinema scene. He sang in a Vijay movie, in a Danush movie, in a Rajinikan movie. He sang in Kabali, in Kala. These are all huge. Um, And then, um, now seeing yourself, um, sort of, also arrive in that way in in the Indian film industry. Um, how did you feel about that, and and how did your family and and all react to that? Obviously, they were they were aesthetic. They were happy <laughs> because um, the the initial consensus was, I mean, Samson, you're a boy who who who's in a middle class family. You know, you grew up in Pakliling flats. Mm-hmm. Having dreams like this, you know, it's not, it's not possible. It, you will never go there. So the fact that eventually I kind of put one foot in, they were static. They were like, wow, so this is possible. You know, uh, Cinderella story, like how people would normally say. Oh, the gully boy story. <laughs> yes, the gully boy story. <laughs> you know, so they, they were very happy. They were static. But um, at the end of the day, for me, I mean, to me, it was more about doing more, not just once. Mm-hmm. Like uh, what Yogiana did, like uh, like you mentioned earlier, what Yogiana did is is amazing. Yogiana has already reached the pinnacle because right. he did for A.R. Rahman, who is an Oscar winner. He rapped on an Oscar winner's music directed by director Shankar, who's one of the biggest mm-hmm. directors in India, in a movie acted by Rajni Gandhi, who's like a superstar. Currently, his movie is crazy. Also acted by Aishwarya Rai. Right. <laughs> and I don't think it can... I, I, I have had this conversation with Yogiana and I told him, I don't think you can go any further than this. Like what else is left? <laughs> Absolutely. It's, it's so huge. Um, what are some of the biggest challenges you faced throughout your career? The fact that uh, a lot of us have, have grown up thinking that this is all that we are meant to do. Mm. That's it. So this is my life. Kais pagi makan pagi, kais petang makan petang, and that's it. And because we believe that, we tend to go and shove those ideas to people around us, and I grew up in a, in a in a flats environment where there was a lot of people like that. So when I told them I wanted to do this, constantly people told me that it was not possible, hmm. that I was dreaming and it will never happen. So my biggest challenge was trying to shut them out of my mind, to not allow them to influence me, hmm. to tell them that I cannot do this. To constantly remind myself that, yes, I am talented. Yes, I just need to put extra work. And yes, I can do this. So I guess I, I guess I would say in a, in a nutshell, to prove them wrong. 
that 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 was the biggest challenge because constantly people were telling me, no, you can't do this. I don't think it's possible. You're dreaming. Like even up until today, if I meet someone new who don't know what I've done, when I tell them I've actually worked on uh, on, on Tamil movie projects and uh, I'm currently working on a, on a Bollywood as well, but I'm not too sure how far that's going to go. Okay. Like it's still it's still in the discussion process. I've already sent a demo. Can you share anything about it? Uh, we've, I've only worked on the demo. Okay. So the composer is currently dealing with the producers right now. Okay. So I guess I'll know in a week or two. Okay, fantastic. So when when I tell people that I've done this, I've hosted uh, SPB's concert. I've worked with BJTV Priyanka, who's one of the biggest hosts when it comes to the Tamil community worldwide. They don't believe me. They think I'm actually trying to pull a fast one. <laughs> and then sometimes I just have to sit down and show them pictures saying that, see, I've actually done all of this. Right. Absolutely. So yeah, that's that's the challenge. The challenge is to is to show people that it's okay to to have bigger to have big dreams, dreams that are bigger than you, bigger than your environment. Right. And what motivated you during those times where everybody around you was saying, you know, you're not going to make it. There is no chance. Um, you know, this entertainment thing cannot last. You're not going to make any money. You're going to fail. Blah, blah, blah. You've heard this so many times throughout your life. What motivated you to keep doing what you're doing? There's this there's this voice in my head which is louder than anything else that constantly tells me that you can. No, they are not. They are wrong. You can. There is something in you. You are here to do something. You are, you are, you are, you are bigger than what you think you are. And you should continuously pursue that. And if that voice fails me, I've always had my brothers around me to tell me that uh, you can. You know, my brother Nelson and I, Sundar and I, David and I, these, these people around me, they've constantly told me that, you know what, you have it. Go ahead. Keep doing this. Right. But you know, realistically, being an artist mm-hmm. um, in any country, it's not easy. But in Malaysia, especially so, um, you know, it's you don't re- necessarily have the, the enough structural support. Yeah. Um, you don't really have perhaps even the public support may not be as strong sometimes. Uh, what does it take to sustain a career such as yours in Malaysia and, for do, and to do it for as long as you've done it? Most importantly, you need to have another source of income. Right. For me, it was hosting. Uh, doing events. So it was events that actually, events pays for my music. Right. If you don't have that, that is, I don't know any Malaysian Indian artists who's doing just music full time. Right. It is almost impossible because like you mentioned, uh, the, the, the issue with the Malaysian Indian music scene is that we are constantly compared to the greats like Ile Raja and A.R. Rahman and all the songs that comes out in in, in, in the movies from India. Right. So constantly being uh, compared to them and constantly, uh, I mean, those are the people that we are competing with. Absolutely. So to, to do something separate from that and to be able to have the financial fundings for it requires you to be really strong and requires you to really work hard. Anyone who walks up to me and says that they want to do music, the first thing I tell them is that please have something else. Do music. There's 24 hours in a day. You can always do music, but have something else. I've had school students that walk up to me and say, I want to do songs. And the thing that I tell them is that, okay, 
uh, how old are you? If you're, if you're writing your SPM this year, you get good grades in SPM, I'll pay for your music. Right. Or, you know, get into a college, get a degree, get a diploma, I'll pay for your music. Your first single is on me. I will do the entire works. All you have to do is just show up. And then at the end of everything, as soon as they graduate, they don't want to do music anymore. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, Lana, it was, it was, it was, um, you know, it was a phase that I went through, you know. Right. Right. Yeah. So, what advice, before we, you know, wrap this conversation up, um, it's been a very fascinating conversation. What advice would you give someone who perhaps is listening to this show today and then they go, I want to be like Samson one day. What advice would you give? First things first, don't ever grow up. Mm. The world is a beautiful place. It is, it is filled with a lot of things, positivity, negativity. There's a lot around you. Take all of those in like a, like a brand new, like a child. You have to sponge all of it in. Mm-hmm. And not growing up also comes with having perseverance. Right. People will constantly try to knock you down. There are two types of people in this world. I always say this. One are those, one are those, uh, the kind of people that, that works really hard and comes up in life. Another is people who tries to put everyone else down and feel as though they are at the top of the world. Right. You are constantly surrounded by people like that. Do not let them influence you. You're, you're bigger than that. Listen to the voice in your head. Listen to the good people around you. You have to be all years at the same time. Be deaf to the negativity. You have to see everything, but at the same time, be blind to the negativity. Basically, compartmentalize everything in your life. Know exactly what to take and what not to take. And wake up every morning, chin up. Samson, thank you so much for joining me today. It has been a pleasure. Thank you very much for having me, man. That was Samson Thomas, also known as Saint TFC, musician and MC. If you missed any part of this conversation, you can also check us out on podcasts. We're available on the BFM app, bfm.my or pretty much wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm Dashan Johan and this has been Redefining Success, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.